This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. MPB Think Radio. This is Money Talks. I'm Java Chapman here along with Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Nancy and her co-workers are authors of Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. And today we're going to be talking about investing along with saving, maybe a little bit of credit mixed in in there because it is an open topic show today. Uh, You can call in with your personal finance questions, ask about investment, stocks, annuities, bonds. You can also um, ask about credit cards or uh, finance charges, and we'll also be giving uh, some utility saving tips throughout the hour, so um, don't hesitate to call one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks, MPB Think Radio. I want to say good morning to you, Nancy. How are you today? Good morning. I strapped on my snow shoes and slogged in from Clinton, you know? Snow, Snowmageddon 2019 uh, did it keep of, you inside? Yeah, <laughs> kind of a non-event. Uh, a lot of the schools closed down. We noticed our neighbor children across the way desperately trying to make a snowball Scrap out of where they could scrape, scrape off up. the driveway. <laughs> um, so we were waiting for this big thing and uh, we kept waking up in the middle of the night saying, is it snowing yet? Well, now I will say I was uh, unfortunately out really, well, I guess not late, but really early this morning. And um, if I, it was snowing, like it was snowing something, something fierce. It's just we didn't get that stick, you know, right, yeah. so it could be on the ground like that. But um, I know one thing too: it is cold. So um, hopefully, if you are, <laughs> and I don't like it. And did you see by Sunday it's going to be seventy degrees? Jackson, Mississippi. Well, Mississippi, Mississippi as a whole is just. Uh, I saw a, a little thing on the internet. Say uh, six. The temperature in uh, Mississippi went from sixty-five to twenty-four, like they saw a state trooper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we can be thankful we're not out there in Minnesota or Wisconsin yeah, and yeah. uh, braving those temperatures. Those below zero temperatures yeah. are, are are crazy. Now, before we get to um, the financial news of the day, we do have a a bit of a memory. Um, producer Liz Gill is queuing up for us from our Giving Tuesday program uh, in November. How about some financial news in the news? Ooh, uh, <laughs> markets have been quite volatile, and we have been watching housing for a long time. And there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal pointing to the housing market in Dallas as representative of what's going on across the country, which is a slowdown. 
Now, we just heard you, I guess that was from November, and talking about a slowdown coming in the housing market. We need to mark this on the calendar. I got something. (laughs) (laughs) We can put it in the wind column. Yeah. Now, did did that come to fruition? Yes, we we are still seeing that uh, in our numbers in new home sales in permits, which means new construction coming online, existing home sales, um, it is declining. And overall, we're seeing a slowdown. It's been a long time since we've experienced this. So a lot of people are really nervous. They're thinking, oh my goodness, is this going to be like, you know, the crash we had in 2008 and into 2009? And that's not what we see. We just see just a normal slowdown, possibly turning into a recession. We see global slowdowns. Um, China is reporting much slower growth that is rippling over to us. And um, home sales slowing down, car sales slowing down. That is what is expected. The thing that's layered on top of that that has really given us heartburn is all this self-inflicted stuff with these political issues, uh, a government uh, shutdown, trade talk, and fussing and fighting over all of that. And so that's layering on top of what would be just a normal slowdown and could mean a little more pain for us. Now, one thing I did you about the government shutdown, almost so uh, kind of the ripple effect of it. People uh, think about, well, they of the furlough workers, they missed one or two paychecks, but in totality, I think the number was somewhere around $6 billion um, out of the economy because um, people... Actually, I think $11 billion is what the okay, Con- okay. Congressional Budget Office said. Now, we'll regroup on some of that because, you know, once you get your paycheck, okay, now I can go buy the things I've been waiting to buy. But we've got a couple of things going on. First is some of that economic activity is gone. And they're estimating about three billion of that of the eleven billion. Will we will not get that back because, um, you know, once you've passed that period of time when you would have gone out to eat or done those things, you won't go back and and redo or redouble. Um, the other thing is we still have it hanging over our heads. So okay, we've opened the government back up, but then we have this February fifteenth deadline to get something de- done, and there is the threat that we will close down again. So investors started to breathe a sigh of relief only to say, oh no, this thing is not it, over it yet. Could happen again. And you know the thing that investors hate the most is uncertainty. And so that's a real problem for us at this point. And we're hoping that there will be some compromise and we won't go through that pain again and we can pick back up. But some of that is just, it's lost. Yeah, and this is really unfortunate. I saw a story uh, we're going to move on. We have some callers on the line, but um, a story about a young lady. She was, you know, a furlough worker, and now she's back to work. But with the uh, February 15th deadline, could, you know, uh, possibly another shutdown. She was saying, do I um, try to hoard my checks? Exactly, do do I, I, yeah, because it could happen again. Yeah, do I pay my yeah. bills that I missed, or do I just try to save this because I don't know how many more checks I might miss? Like, it's kind of well, up the, in the air. The other thing that happens, Java, is we have to remember two-thirds of our economy is fueled by consumer spending. 
And what we spend and how much we spend depends on how we feel. Something as fuzzy as how we feel. So even though I'm not a government worker and I haven't been directly impacted by this shutdown, just seeing all this stuff on the news every day, it just puts people in a foul mood. And we're starting to see that in consumer sentiment, also called consumer confidence. And that will be a drag as well. Well, hopefully, um, oh, we, it won't be too much of a drag, um, and hopefully it won't put a hamper on uh, our callers this morning. It's an open topic show, so if you have some personal finance questions, you can give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Also, we're uh, checking our emails. You can email us, money at mpbonline.org. And throughout the show, we're going to give you some tips about uh, 10 ways to lower your power bill. This comes from Southern Pine Electric. And as we're waiting on our callers to come in, one 672 let us go ahead and um, take a look at this. Um, one at the top of this list of 10 easy ways to lower your power bill, set your thermostat when it's warm out, which is not today. <laughs> set your thermostat to 78 degrees, but when it's cold, uh, set it to 68 degrees. Also, I like to add on um, about the smart thermostats. Oh, yeah. I got one at my house. Yeah, my, I, I do too, and I, I love it. I'm constantly checking it because, um, you know, I like to have the temperatures set when I come home, but while we're gone, I want to make sure it's not <laughs> it's not exactly. running. Exactly. And when I purchased that thermostat, and this is what I found out from Ryder, he knew that there were rebates, and so there was a rebate from um, the power company as well as from our gas company, and between those rebates, I actually earned money off of purchasing a smart thermostat. And it is wonderful. As you say, it knows, based on my phone that's coming in the house, when I am home and when I am gone. And um, I also make sure that uh, at night when we're getting ready to go to bed it uh, is bumped down so that we sleep in a cooler temperature and then when we get up in the morning it kicks back in. So yeah. it really does save you a lot of money. Yeah, mine actually tells me, um, it sends me a little alert and says it's getting close to bedtime. <laughs> we're, we're, getting ready, we're getting ready to change the temperature. Turn the lights off. <laughs> I think it knows I stay up way too late. Um, we, let's go ahead and take our first break for the hour, see if we can uh, get some personal finance questions in this this morning, it's an open topic show, so don't think your question um, won't fall where it needs to be. Give us a call one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Has the weather affected your normal routine today? Yes, it was a lot of snow earlier um, this morning, but it's still um, pretty cold. Some ice out on the road, so make sure you be careful. But if it has affected your normal routine, we want to hear from you. Give us a call. Call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Also, when we come back, we're going to tell you how the weather actually affects the economy. This is MPB Think Radio. to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. 
welcome back. This is Money Talks. And if you miss any part of today's show, you can always listen back at mpbonline.org slash money talks. You can also download the MPB public media app and listen on your smartphone on demand. Also works on your tablet, any mobile device. Uh, I'm Java Chapman this morning, filling in for Kevin Farrell. Hopefully he's doing all right. Snowmageddon 2019 <laughs> kept him inside the house. Probably like many, many people, especially um, the little ones. I know a lot of the schools are closed today, uh, but I'm here along with Nancy Lottridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives. And today is an open topic show and we're going to get to the phones. But before that, how does weather affect the economy like today and throughout most of the country with this um, Arctic air coming down? According to Smart Asset Loss of productivity. Significant storms preclude many workers from being able to report to their jobs and that can create significant declines in the revenue for the duration of time of the inclement weather or even much longer periods of time. Um, and I think this is more so now with the with the weather also during national disasters that's what I think something people often forget about that productivity that is lost well and not just that um, if the weather's not good we stay inside and we're not out there spending money and uh, you just notice when the sun comes out and it's a nice warm day as it was this weekend we are all out and about it's just human nature <laughs> and uh, that means economic activity okay let's go ahead and go to our um, phone calls and we have Melody from Madison on the line. Good morning, Melody. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Appreciate you calling in. Um, I think you want to talk about college savings this morning? That's right. So when our now adult children were young, we bought the Mississippi prepaid college plan, impact for them, and we're really glad that we did. Uh, They all went through college debt-free. And then now we have started over, and we have a three-year-old. And uh, when he was born, we started a savings account for him. But it doesn't seem, you know, the the Mississippi prepaid plan is not the same as it was when our children were, were young. And I'm just wondering what's the best way to plan for this little one's college? Is it better just to go with the state plan? Or, you know, right now we just have a savings account for him? Or uh, is there a better way to go about planning for his college? Well, understand that the state has two college savings plans. And the first one that they started with is what you use for your children, impact, uh, prepaid tuition. And what a great gift to give your children a debt-free education. Um, You are right that the impact program, as far as its payout, has been changed a little bit, but it's still a good program. But there is another one you might be more interested in called MAX, Mississippi Affordable College Savings. So impact, the prepaid tuition, works like insurance for college. Um, Max is like a 401k where you just put money in and whatever you put in and you have a list of funds that you can choose from, mutual funds, um, many will choose a fund based on the child's age. So it's more aggressive, more in stock when they're younger and gets more conservative as they get closer to college age. So whatever you put in there and whatever it grows to, um, that is what they have to use for college. 
and impact is only for the undergraduate. Max can be used for graduate school and is expanded for even living expenses while they are in college. And for either of those programs, you can get up to a $10,000 reduction in your income on your state income tax side for contributions to those plans. So um, look up on the treasurer's website and look for MACS. Okay, is that a better deal than say a you know a savings account for the most part or whatever deal we could get through our bank? Um, well, it, you can invest it anywhere you want, um, and it's only going to be as good as the investment choices. And if you're just at the bank on a savings rate, you're not doing very well for them. Now, there is a, a disadvantage in using a max plan, which means that money should be used for education. Um, and now, with the latest tax law, that money can be used not just for college, but it can be used for K-12 through private education. If you do just a regular custodial account, you know, grandmom's name with the child's name on it just at the bank, it can be used for anything. But some people like to put that constraint on it. Okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. Good luck. And um, I believe, um, am I correct, you can roll that account over? To someone else, Liz. As oh. in, um, you 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 can roll over custodial accounts to a college account if the designated um, uh, user, if the designated beneficiary doesn't use all of it. You can. Oh, okay. So if you have, um, it's in one child's name. Yes. You can transfer that to another family member. It doesn't have to be even another grandchild, but just another family member. So they want to make it very flexible. Yeah, I always think about that because, you know, the uh, child may not go to college. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's go back to the phones. We have uh, Shirley uh, from Starkville. Good morning, Shirley. Oh, hi. Um, I have a question about RMD. Uh, What is the... um best place to uh, uh, part <laughs> the amount uh, that one has to take for, from an RMD? Would one put it in a CD or where? <laughs> well, let me start by, by telling our listeners what an RMD is. An RMD is a required minimum distribution, and it applies to retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, 403bs. And um, there is this date when you turn 70 and a half, then you have to start taking out this required minimum distribution. And the amount you have to take out is based on a calculation based on the value of your account and your age. Now, what you do with that money you know, depends on what your needs are. For some folks that we work with, they use those RMDs as income just to live on from month to month. And for other people, they're like, well, we don't need that. So often we will turn around and reinvest that money, which sounds like what you're interested in doing. Now, whether you put it in a CD or just a savings account or you purchase um, a mutual fund or a stock depends on what you have in your overall portfolio and make sure how it fits all together. Together. And for some people, they may say, well, I want to keep it really safe. Well, just open a CD at the bank. Oh, okay. One other question, and this is about uh, tax. Uh, how does one determine whether or not the, the, uh, the two 
continue to uh, do the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I can't even think of the word, <laughs> uh, to accept the, the, the minimum, well, I think it's $6,000 that uh, a person can, uh, you know, filing uh, in, individually can assume or, or whether to, uh, oh gosh, I'm sorry, I can't even think of that. Hmm. What's, your, what's, your, what's your question? Just go ahead, go ahead and ask your question, Shirley. Okay, it's, it's, as far as the new tax guidelines are concerned. Right. Uh, yeah, whether uh, a person can take uh, the minimum deduction. I think it's, what, uh, $6,000 or something like that. Well, um, are, are you in a joint filing household, you and a husband? No, single. Single. Okay, so you have uh, a standard deduction of $12,000. Is that what you were referring to? Oh, 12000 Yes, yeah, okay. Deduction. Yeah. And what has happened is we've had an increase in the standard deduction. So for a single person, 12000 For a couple, 24000 4000 which means for a lot of people, you're no longer going to itemize. So that's going to make it easier to do your taxes because you don't have to keep up with maybe your charitable contributions or your interest deductions because if it doesn't go over your standard deduction, it's not even worth your while. Okay, so how does one determine whether or not to continue to itemize well, or to accept the standard deduction? I think what you need to do is look at what you did last year on last year's taxes. What did you itemize? And for a lot of people, that may be their mortgage interest deduction, their charitable deductions. If you have any um, health expenses, those are the kinds of things that are on that itemized list. So look at what that list was last year. And so you're at 12000 and maybe it was only 8000 Okay, it's not worth it. And this year, if you item, if you add them all up, you may find it's maybe only 7500 So that gives you a guide for whether to even bother with it. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate you for calling in, um, Shirley. This is an open topic program here on Money Talks. I'm Java Chapman sitting with Nancy Lotrich Anderson, and you can uh, give us a call with your question, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Or you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So I guess uh, pinch off a little bit of what Shirley was asking with that, that text question with the this new tax uh, season, um, we have some 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 changes right yeah. uh, happening right now, and one of them is like you said, the increased standard deduction. What are a couple of the other ones? Well, the other thing that um, people have not had the benefit of yet, and you certainly will, you have children, so um, child tax credits. Um, there's been an increase in that dependent tax credits. So there are some things that will only show up when you file your taxes, and so you'll see some benefit and may end up with a bigger refund because of that. Our um, tax brackets um, have been widened, and so there'll be many cases where you may be fine that you're in a lower tax bracket. And um, most employers adjust, adjusted what they took out of your check 
every time you were paid to account for that. So you may not know there's as big of an amount there, but those tax credits will be valuable. Also, um, like you said, with the increase in standard deduction, it um, simplifies things, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, and, and we have a lot of people that we work with, um, you know, if you're older, you're retired, many of them already have their houses paid off. So the biggest deduction that most people get is on their mortgage. You know, you can deduct the interest you paid on the mortgage. But if you don't have that, you know, it really does make a difference in whether you'll bother with all of that. But I always kind of fear, um, I mean, I, um, I have someone else prepare my taxes for me, <laughs> so I, I don't know really know the nuts and bolts of it. But leaving money, quote unquote, on the table, you know, like what, what Shirley was saying, mm-hmm. how do you know if you should, you know, itemize? But what the answer to her question was just take a peek at your last year's tax right, returns. That's, that's the best place to start. And um I think a lot of people are going to find when they start looking at what they've created in deductions this year and they've saved them all in that shoebox, <laughs> it may not go over what that standard deduction now is. Yeah. And so, you know, we may toss the shoebox. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people will welcome that opportunity. It's an open topic program. And let's go ahead and take our next break for the hour as we line up some calls um, coming in. This is a open topic program. So any call about personal finance, stocks, bonds, uh, credit, and we've even uh, tackled the T word. Taxes. So um, give us a call, 1 877 672 7464. That's 1 877 672 7464. Or send us an email to money at When we come back from the break, how is the economy affected before and after a storm? Yes, we're in the middle of Snowmageddon 2019. If you didn't tell. You probably have a big snowman in front of your window or not. (laughs) But we'll answer this question when we get back from the break. How is the economy affected before or after a storm? This is MPB Think Radio. Listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. I'm Java Chapman here, along with Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Nancy, along with her co-workers, are co-authors of Piggy Planet: Prudent Investors Get Going Young. And before the break, we were talking about um, how is the economy affected before and after a storm. Now, according to Smart Asset, extreme weather tends to incite fear amongst the general population. And fear is not a good thing for the economy. Well, I don't know. The water bottle people may think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bread and egg producers, because those things tend to fly off the shelves. Uh, but common behaviors in response to uh, dangerous forecasts include filling up gas tanks and stocking up on essential items, such as non-perishable foods, water, flashlight batteries, things such as that. Uh, while such behaviors can pump significant money into local economies, this effect is usually only temporary. 
Theory. Also, insurance companies also see more activity in the aftermath of extreme weather events as people worry about the what if it um, happened to them. Well, certainly uh, a natural disaster like we have here in Mississippi, a hurricane, does create economic activity because now you're talking about rebuilding as insurance money flows in. Uh, But just a a normal, you know, we've got a few days of snow around here. (laughs) Uh, We all grind to a halt. I don't just understand it. You know, um, and then we will pick back up. Yeah. And um, but also, uh, I always have to mention this when people um, do those bad things during those um, natural disasters and extreme weather, like price gouging and things like that. Um, I can I can just remember how um, the. Uh, Katrina, the price of the gas just, you know, went up at certain certain establishments and, you know... Um, Makes you wish for the days of the stockade, doesn't it? <laughs> Something. Yeah. It's just, you're doing too much. Um, let's go ahead and go back to the phones. It's an open topic show, so I think we got a mixed bag of callers on the line. And let's start with Tim in Pearl. Uh, Tim, good morning. Good morning. What's your question? Well, my question is um, that um, I'm 30 years old, and uh, I work for the city, so I still have a, well, I have a pension, and I got to make them years. Um, also, I do have deferred comp, and I do have a uh, a Roth IRA on the side. Just trying to see if I'm doing everything good for the future. Oh, Tim, I'm so impressed. Oh, my gosh. Um, A 30-year-old with a pension, first of all, that is unheard of. (laughs) Uh, Pensions are disappearing, but you are working for a municipality. You know, a lot of our municipalities, our state governments still do offer a pension. Um, And yes, you should participate in the deferred compensation, which is an additional retirement plan, an optional plan above and beyond that. What I would tell you is that you need to try to increase what you're putting in there on a regular basis. So every year, maybe bumping up up just a little bit. And whatever you can stand, whatever will pinch you just a little bit. The fact that you're also doing a Roth IRA means you're saving funds for retirement that will be totally tax-free. So that's going to be an advantage. Do you have a good savings account? I do. Okay, good. Um, I, well, so I think Tim gets Tim, the gold star. I, I think he needs to join us next week. <laughs> he gets and the gold star. So he can preach to everybody. 30-year-old, and, and you should see the grin on Nancy's um, face, Tim. She, Tim, she's are you married? Loving it. Yes. Okay, I, well, I mean, y'all are just <laughs> doing it right. And hopefully you're not carrying over credit card debt. Uh, oh, there, okay. There. Yeah. Okay. That's what you need to address. Yeah. But but it sounds like you're on the right track. Um, now you're you're doing the saving part. How mm-hmm. educated are you about investing? Um, not that much. I do. I saw something called um, uh, Robinhood. The uh, app. Yeah. The app. Uh, uh, I play with that. <laughs> okay, I, I, this is what you need to do. You've got the saving side down. 
you need to get educated about investing because that's the two pieces you put together. You got to save and have the discipline, but you need the knowledge. So pick up a good book. And oh, yeah, we got one here. We could we could offer him and, called Piggy Planet, and um, and any other book out there that you can find. Go to the library. Go to your bookstore, and start to get yourself educated about financial markets. What's a stock? What's a bond? What's a mutual fund? And when you learn about that and you put that together with your discipline savings, you got it made. Now, Tim, I want you to I want you to hold on to the line because our producer just told me um, that we're going to we're going to go ahead and hook you up with a, a, a piggy planet. Um, uh, prudent investors get going. All young. Right. So, um, Tim, I want you to hold on. I appreciate you calling in and, and giving us those positive vibes this morning because uh, you, you, you do get the gold star. Hold on, Tim, and uh, we'll get your information back. Um, uh, <laughs> that was that was that was good, uh, Nancy. How? um I guess, were you impressed? <laughs> I was very impressed. Yeah. Uh, most 30-year-olds 30 uh, uh, are nowhere near doing all of those I, things. I fall in that category. And, and the other trap that people fall into, if they have a pension, which is rare, is they don't think they need to save anything else beyond that. Yeah. For him to say he had uh, both with the yeah. Roth IRA. And the deferred compensation mm-hmm. through his employer, um, that's perfect. Now, that, now, you say he needs to get some more knowledge, I guess, about uh, the the inner working stocks and bonds and mutual yeah. funds and stuff like that. But he seems to already have a knowledge base because, you know, some people wouldn't even know to go and seek out a right, Roth IRA. Right. But he doesn't understand about um, securities. Mm-hmm. And if you can understand about securities, then that's how you start to get your money to work and earn for you. And that's always the plan. It is. <laughs> now, let's keep uh, going with our phone phone calls this morning. Let's talk with Jerry. Um, and Jerry wants to talk about, let's see, tax-deductible divorce. Is that correct, Jerry? Yeah, but a couple things first. I, I, I enjoy your show, and I support MPB. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And the, probably the best retirement pension out there is if you take the time to serve your country. You do 20 years in. You retire at half your base pay. Oh, it is and wonderful. Yes, and yes, pretty good health care. I mean, you earn it. It's kind of like paying yourself forward, but you earn it. That's what I did, and it's, 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 it's served me well. Well, we thank you uh, for your service, Jerry. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I got divorced last year. I paid my wife's support until September of last year, and she's also entitled to part of my retirement because of that divorce. Right. Uh, and I know the laws have changed on support, so I'm wondering if you guys would give me uh, an idea how I'm going to have to deal with um, that. You're, kind, you're, you're out of my area right now. Um, that You're right. There have been some changes, so you do need to consult with a CPA. Do you have somebody who helps you with your taxes every year? No, I just usually grind it out myself over okay. a few-day process. Okay, and but this may be the one year it's worth your while to find a good local CPA, not just a tax preparer, but a CPA who is is well-versed in these changes. And you may only have to pay them for one year to do it because you've had this weird thing going on, but I think it's going to be worth it. All right, yeah, and, and because anybody can hang out a shingle and call themselves a tax preparer, but a CPA is actually... Trained. Exactly. Exactly. 
But anyway, I hope all your viewers support your show on MPB because it is a really good value. It's, it's good for the public, good for the citizens. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate well, yeah, it. Yeah, really appreciate that, um, that, that call, Jerry, and uh, hopefully it works out for you um, this morning. This is Money Talks uh, here on MPB Think Radio, and it's an open topic program, so uh, give us a call about your personal finance question, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I like that advice that you gave, Jerry, um, because a lot of people do go with the, the online and just type in their mm-hmm. um, facts and figures, their sales when it comes to tax returns. But when you do have these major life events, like Jerry just got yeah. divorced, it, it would um, be beneficial, like you say, to have a professional. Yeah, and, and to have a person you can sit down with and, and ask some questions of. Um, um, you know, for a lot of people, if you just have a standard year, you get all of your earnings on a W-2. It's fine doing the online, especially with the free file now covering so many people that you can file through free software. State and uh, federal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but if you have something strange, if you run a business, um, it is very helpful to have a CPA in your back pocket. <laughs> I like that. Let's uh, go to Patricia in Pontotoc now. Um, good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's Pontotoc. <laughs> oh, okay, Pontotoc. <laughs> go ahead with your uh, question to come in. Okay, I retired November of last year. Do I still, and I'm married, do I still have to file a tax return? Yes. Yes. Um, well, I, I will qualify that. There is a limit on earnings. If you're below that limit, you're not really required to, but you might be missing out on some advantages. But yes, in retirement, you're you're going to have some retirement income. Some of that will be taxed. Uh, you may have a pension. Part of that will be taxed. Are you collecting Social Security? Uh-huh. So part of that will be taxed as well, depending on all of your other income. So okay. it is important for you to do it. And um, I think you may find that that uh, depending on what your situation is, there will be some advantages and some refunds. Okay. I also go to the loan form because my husband's a pastor and we try to, you know, get everything we can. Right. Uh, you said something about the limit of deductibles that you're allowed. How much was that? Well, we just have a change in the standard deduction. For, mm-hmm. So for you and your husband, your standard deduction is now $24,000. Okay. For it to be worth your while to keep up with all of those expenses and itemize, and it may be with, with a pastor because that's a different situation. It mm-hmm. needs to be more than 24000 more than twenty four. Okay, yeah. Okay, and there's something else. We have a, me and him both are, have a retirement plan. It's in the IRA, and they said something about after so many years, you have to uh, take it out. Is that right? Well, like- um, how old are you now? I'm sixty five. Okay, when. When you each turn 70 and a half, you will have to start taking out a certain amount. You don't have to take out the whole thing, but uh-huh. you have to take out what's called an RMD, a required minimum distribution. It is a calculation based on your age and the size of the account. And if you don't take out that minimum amount, there is a 50% penalty. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, in other words, you saying so if it's like a um, like a retirement, like I, I got a retirement through the hospital or somewhere, I can I, I can keep it in there until I'm seventy and a half, right? Yes, ma'am. And so and at that point, um, whichever institution is holding that should notify you about what that amount is. But if they don't, and you know you're seventy and a half, you need to start checking around. 
Okay, I, they, I've got a retirement, and they said that you know they'll send us a form saying, "Okay, are you going to take start taking out taxes now, or are you going to wait? Do we need to just take wait till we take it out and pay the taxes on it, or do we need to be paying taxes on it a little as we go?" Well, you're not taking anything out right now, are you? No, ma'am. Okay, so you only have a taxable event if you draw money out of those retirement accounts, whether it's oh, okay. an old employer account or an IRA. Well, when do they send that to me? Well, you will. You can decide when to take money out. So if you need the income right now, you can ask them to send you money every month. Yeah. Or you can wait till you're 70 and a half and do the required minimum. At that time, you can instruct them to withhold some of that in taxes. And you may want to do that. And here again, this is a good time to consult that CPA, Java, to find out what's a reasonable amount to withhold so you're not surprised by a big tax bill. Uh, Patricia, <laughs> all right, Patricia, we appreciate you calling this uh, morning, and we're coming up on the uh, on another break. So if you need some um, follow-up on your questions, you can always email us, money at uh, mpbonline.org. And we just got another email <laughs> from uh, um, our email address, and it's, from Richard and he was talking about the taxes um, he, he he said don't throw away that box of deduction receipts just yet the state of Mississippi did not eliminate personal exemptions and did not significantly increase the standard deductions oh so on the state side it may still be worth your while so that's what he was saying yeah. it's, it's different on the federal taxes but it uh, may be beneficial for you to itemize your things um, if you're filing for with the state so we're always behind, aren't we? Well, I mean, it's the, it's the great state of Mississippi. Let's go ahead and take our next break um, for the hour. This is Money Talks, and it's an open topic program. want to say hold on to Sarah, Denise, and Ron. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back from this quick break. But if you want to join the conversation, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or, just like Richard, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks of Java Chapman here along with Nancy Lodgers Anderson, president of New Perspectives and co-author of the book Piggy Planet. Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Want to say uh, congratulations to Tim. We gave away a book this morning. Wasn't expecting that. Snowmageddon 2019 strikes again. Uh, let's continue with the phone uh this morning. Let's talk with Sarah from Biloxi. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. How are you? Oh, we're doing fine this morning, trying to warm up. Um, go ahead with your question or comment. I have two questions. Um, I wanted to know what the deadline is to make a rollover into a Roth. Can I still do that and have that effective for tax for the current for 2018? Um, I, I 
Mm-hmm. This is kind of testing me here, but I, I thought it stuck on the rollover part that it stuck with the calendar year. Oh, now, so. con- contributions, I know, will go all the way through your filing deadline on your taxes. But I, but I think for a rollover, it's limited to the 12 months. Now, I, I may be wrong about that. I'll have to do some double checking. Um, so if you do one now, it's probably going to be counting for 2019. Okay. And my other question is... Am- can I roll over stock, or do I have to cash it in to roll it over? Uh, so you're going from a traditional IRA where you want to move it to a Roth. Right. So that's really, instead of calling it a rollover, that's called a conversion. So we're converting it from a tax-deferred status, meaning I'm going to eventually pay taxes on it, to a tax-free status where from here on out, I won't pay tax on any of it. And um, uh, ask that one more time. I lost it there. Java's oh, laughing at me. That's okay. Yeah, I wanted to know if I can roll over stock into into my... Um, yes, yes. Um, it's just that, I mean, you can move over securities, and the value of those securities when you convert it will be the value that you'll show on your taxes and have to pay tax on that amount. So if you have a $100,000 traditional IRA and you want to convert it, the entire amount, to a Roth IRA, you can move that whole amount over, leave it intact, and that 100000 will then show up on your income taxes as pure income and you have to pay tax on it the next year. Okay, and if um, if it had a loss on it, what you don't have a loss in a in a tra- traditional IRA because you don't have uh, capital gains or dividends or interest. You don't report any of that, so there's no loss to report. Oh, I see. Okay, thank now, you. Now wait, much. wait. Let me stop you okay. because the advantage of it being down in value. So you say, well, I'm losing money. I, I, this is less than what I paid for these stocks. That right. means the value is less than when you roll it to or convert it to the Roth, and your tax bill will be less. So a good time to convert to a Roth is when the market is down. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for calling uh, this morning, Sarah. And uh, let's uh, continue on the phones, and let's talk with Denise. Uh, Denise wants to know about uh, 401Ks. Hi. Yes. My question. My question is, um, I didn't know this before, but when you start taking a regular distribution from your 401k, the state automatically takes out 20% in federal tax. And so what would you suggest to a person would be the best move? Because that means like for every $100,000, you're automatically going to lose 20000 No, wait a minute. Um, so you have a 401k. Yeah. And it's still at the 401k. It's still at the 401k, but I retired this year. And so you want to call up your 401k folks and say, hey, send me some money every month. Yes, I set up a distribution. Okay, and then so they told me they take out twenty percent every time for they, federal tax. Yeah, they should not make that automatic unless that's something about that particular administrator that they're requiring. Um, most of the time, you get to choose how much you want to have withheld in taxes. So that kind of surprises me. Yeah. What should she do? Yeah, what should I do? What should I do with the money? That means, like, my 401K is now 20% less. 
Well, I mean, you're going to have to pay tax on that amount regardless. Yeah. So I'm not worried about that. It's just that you you have less in your hand from month to month. Now, when you do your taxes this year, you may find that 20% is too much for them to have taken out, and you may get a refund. Uh, but that depends on everything else that you've got going on. You may find that 20% is just about right so that you don't have a big tax bill. Now, if if you end up with a big refund, meaning 20% is too much for them to take out, I would say call your 401k provider and ask the question, can you have that adjusted? Okay. Okay? All right. Yes. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Now, why would um, what, that, that number just struck you? Is that just too much um, or out of the question? It, it depends. Now, if, if you um, take all of your money out of a 401k, just say, give me all my money, <laughs> all right? And it's not staying in a retirement vehicle. By law, they are required to withhold 20% of that. Oh, okay. Now, that doesn't mean it's gone. It's been paid for your benefit to the IRS, and you can get it back. The problem with doing it like that when you really intend to keep it in a retirement account is that if you try to put it back, and you have 60 days to put it back in a retirement account, an IRA, if you don't put back 100%, then they treat the 20% as, well, you just took a withdrawal. I see. I see. So I, that made me think she was confusing that, but it could be that this particular company does this with the idea of, you know, we're going to do this for Java because we don't want you to end up with a big tax bill. Yeah, like they may be trying to help you out, but yeah. it seems, like you said, less money every month. Right. Now, let's go ahead and take our last call for the hour. It's Ron in Jackson. And um, good morning, Ron. Hello, how are you today? Oh, we're doing fine. Go ahead with your question. We're coming up on the end of the program. Okay. Uh Advice on uh, return of premium term uh, life insurance policies. Do you recommend those or just regular terms? Um, well, with, with return of premium, the idea behind that is um, it is, I think it's a rider, meaning it's an extra thing that you pay for to make sure you at least get your premium back, right? Correct. Um, so you have to look at what is that going to cost me? And is that really advantageous? For most people, it's not, because what you really want to do with life insurance is give yourself protection for the what if. And that's why a term policy is usually your best bet. It's cheaper. Now, what really gets a lot of people is, well, I paid those premiums all those years, and then nothing happened. And I'm like, well, thank goodness nothing happened. Um, and But I want to get all those premiums back. But to do that, you're going to pay extra for that. So use insurance for what it was intended for to protect you against the big life events. And don't worry if those big life events don't happen and the premiums are gone. You have been protected. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right, Ron. Hopefully, um, Nancy answered your question. Uh, if you, if, if she did not, or if you, um, someone else out there, didn't get that question in on this open topic program, send us an email: money at mpbonline dot org. That's money at mpbonline dot org. Um, thanks, Nancy. It's been fun today. Thanks, Java. I don't always get to host with you, so I yeah, appreciate always, our time always together. Always good to see. And you know, and Ryder wasn't here, so we just had it to ourselves. Yeah, 
we go. <laughs> Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio and is funded in part by generous financial support of listeners like you. To hear today's show or previous shows, visit mpbonline.org slash money talks. Also, you can listen to our podcast. All you have to do is search Money Talks or download the MPB public media app. Today's show was produced by Liz Gill and our call screener was Jason Klein. For Nancy, Nancy Lodgers Anderson, I'm Java Chapman and up next is our 10 a.m. Tuesday show in legal terms. Join us again next Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.